Unleavened Bread Ministries presents From your hands, your feet, your side Unleavened Bread Bible Studies with David Eels Can quench my thirsting soul Purest water make me whole Let your streams of mercy flow Oh Jesus, I trust in you Greetings, saints. Many blessings to you. Thank you for joining us today for the Unleavened Bread Bible Study. Father, we ask your wisdom, your grace, and uh, your eyes to see uh, and understand these things that we're looking at today to rightly divide the Word. Amen. All right, we're going to call this Babylon Falls, the Kingdom Arises. And first, I'm going to talk about the fall of deep state Babylon. For the timing of this text, I'm going to share with you. Uh, We first see the fall of Babylon to Cyrus, leading Medo-Persia, which I believe is happening right now. And... um, Isaiah 13 and 1 gives us the timing of this. It says, The burden of Babylon. And of course, 13 is all about that. Uh, Verse 17 identifies the timing. Behold, I will stir up the Medes against them. And we can see plainly in our text, uh, chapters 11 through 14, is our text, a confirmation of Revelation 12, where the man-child came forth to teach the woman, and Satan and the dragon was cast down. The dragon also was the god of Babylon. Some people don't know that. They just know he was the seven heads and the ten horns, and the seven heads represented the seven world-ruling kingdoms that just happened to be over God's people. And uh, those were all times of chastening, you know, except for one. Um, And that was to bring them back to the Lord, back to the Word of God. So, but the dragon was also the god of Babylon, as was Satan, the god of deep state Babylon. And then we can go to Isaiah chapter 11. So that just gave us the timing of this text, in the middle of this text, okay? And we can go to Isaiah chapter 11, and I'd like to share something with you about uh, what is the real uh, story behind this and how it is brought down. As you know, through the Scriptures, uh, the prophets spoke things before they came to pass. And the words had to be spoken first. He wouldn't do anything except he first revealed it through his prophets. Okay? So then we go to chapter 11, and the man-child reformers, whose words bring about this judgment, Isaiah chapter 11, 1 through 16. And there shall come forth a shoot out of the stock of Jesse, 
and a branch out of his roots shall bear fruit. Well, there's a lot of guessing about this, about who this is, but we don't have to guess who this branch is. The, the Scriptures reveals it already. Uh, it's the David Solomon man-child. And I'll explain that a little bit further down. Uh, but I'm going to depart from our text for just a minute. Look at Jeremiah 23, 3-6 to identify this. And I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the countries whither I have driven them. Well, you know God's flock are in all the nations and under the dominion of those nations, of those beast kingdoms, let us say. But he said he's going to gather them out. And I will bring them again to their folds, and they shall be fruitful and multiply. This is really good news because that's not what we're, we see but it is going to be the ending of this story. And I will set up uh, shepherds over them who shall feed them, and they shall fear no more. This is the problem. Their shepherds have led them astray, as the Scriptures warn us over and over and over. But God is going to bring some reformer shepherds, and that's what 11 is all about, chapter 11. And and they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed, neither shall any be lacking, says the Lord. Because this leadership is going to bring God's people into everything they need to walk in the steps of Jesus. Behold, the days come, says the Lord, that I will raise up unto David a righteous branch, and he shall reign as king and shall deal wisely and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. Now, we know that this was not physically David. It has to be spiritually David, this branch, as he said in the beginning in chapter 11. Because this is a long time after David. So, uh, verse 6 goes on to say, In his days Judah shall be saved, and Israel shall dwell safely. Now, I want to say that uh, the Old Testament church is a symbol of the New Testament church. Israel is a type of the church in the New Testament. And uh, the Bible teaches that, that uh, these are types and shadows that stand for things for the New Testament people. Um, but he says, and Israel shall dwell safely. And this is the name <clears throat> whereby he shall be called the Lord our righteousness. And also Jeremiah 33, 14-17. So we've got two confirmations of who this is in chapter 11 of Isaiah. Behold, the days come, says the Lord, that I will perform that good word which I have spoken concerning the house of Israel and concerning the house of Judah. In those days... And at that time will I cause a branch of righteousness to grow up unto David, and he shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. And in those days shall Judah be saved, and Jerusalem shall dwell safely. Jerusalem, of course, represents the bride, as we're told, as John was told, 
in the book of Revelation, um, shall dwell safely. And this is the name whereby she shall be called. This is a departure from the text of 23 because it uses she instead of he. You say, well, my version doesn't say that. That's right. Some people went according to their reason instead of just quoting what was there. The reason the word she is there is because we're speaking of a corporate body and bodies many times are feminine in the scriptures, a body of people. This is a body of people who receives the seed of the Lord. Okay, uh, Whereby she shall be called the Lord our righteousness. Twice it said our righteousness, our obviously points out to the fact that this is a corporate body, not an individual. Okay? For thus saith the Lord, David shall never want a man to sit upon the throne of the house of Israel. So this began with Solomon. Okay? I'm going to explain to you the the two phases of the man-child ministry. David and then Solomon. So let's go back to chapter 11 here and uh, and the description of this uh, man-child reformer ministry that is coming on the scene now. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and of might, the Spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. And his delight shall be in the... Uh, the fear of the Lord. And he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither decide after the hearing of his ears. Uh, and of course, that's all judgment according to the flesh, right? That's the problem with many Christians is they walk according to sight and hearing of the flesh and not according to that which comes from the Spirit of God. You know, Jesus said, I always do those things that I see and hear of my Father, right? And so um, the Lord has, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. And these are the days of the full manifestation of the sons of God. But with righteousness shall he judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth. And with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. Well, some people don't believe that this ministry that is coming is going to do such a thing, uh, but it's already been doing such a thing, and uh, it's part of the ministry of the man-child. So David was this warrior man-child king who fought the Edomites, who hated their chosen brother, Israel, a type of the church, so we have the same thing going on. History repeats. The things that have been are the things that shall be, and the things that have been done are the things that shall be done. That's how we know it's the truth, because history always repeats, because God is always on the throne, and he has said that it will always repeat. So um, so the warrior king fought the Edomites, to, uh, who hated their chosen brother, Israel, which is a type of the church. The Davids in our day are doing the same thing for the things that have been are the things that shall be. So in parallel, politically, 
the deep state have the same factious spirits in the world. They are traitors to their country and their brethren. And David is also warring with them and winning the peace for Solomon's future reign, as we will see, as history has proven. So, uh, and I'm, I'm not talking about myself here. I'm talking about the David man-child ministry, okay? Um, so, verse 5 goes on to say, And righteousness shall be the girdle of his waist, and faithfulness the girdle of his loins. This is a departure from the shepherds that we have had of the old order, uh, which are going to give way to this. Um, so, if you remember, Peter saw the sheep come down out of heaven with the beasts on it, only to find out that these were the Gentile church coming out of the world to the Lord. And here they are in the next verse, totally at peace, with one another. Uh, I had a dream back in 2007 about these days um, when all of the animals had come on the refuge property who were all uh, at perfect peace with one another, even though some of them had be, had been predators and some of them had been victims. They all got together now, okay? And it says in verse 6, and, the, and some people have put this off till the millennium. It's not talking about that. You know that people who come into the church who are born of God are at peace with one another if they're born of God. And the wolf shall dwell with the lamb. Well, that's very unusual, you know, but this is that prince of peace timing. And the leopard shall lie down with the kid. And the calf and the young lion and the fatling together. That was like my dream back in 2007. And a little child shall lead them. The little child here is, of course, the reign of the man-child, Solomon, who reigns over the peace that David won through warfare as he conquered the Edomites. And the cow and the bear shall feed. Their young ones shall lie down together and the lion shall eat straw like an ox. Well, therefore, he doesn't have to be a predator, right? And the sucking child shall play at the hole of the asp, and the weaned child shall put his hand on the adder's den. So we're talking about two different phases of the man-child ministry, right? And both of these were, um, again, from the same stock, of Jesse. So the man-child Solomon, meaning peaceful, represents the prince of peace because Jesus is in him. And we see here that he shall mature and have no fear of the serpent slash dragon of Revelation chapter 12. Solomon, of course, builds the temple or the people actually are the temple in the New Testament, as we know. And uh, he builds the temple that David provided the materials for. All of the parables of this are coming true. 
And they shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain. Notice the peace, the Prince of Peace. For the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Where is this knowledge coming from? Well, in Jesus' day, when he was the man-child of his day, it came from him. It didn't come from the Pharisees. It didn't come from the religious groups. It came from the man-child. So it was said of Solomon that he reigned in 1 Kings 4 and 24, quote, over all the kings on this side of the river. And he had peace on all sides round about him. That's why he was the Prince of Peace, and that's why he was able to rule over a peaceful kingdom. Not that everything out there was all peaceful, but uh, his kingdom was peaceful. And again, in First Kings 5, 4 and 5, But now the Lord my God hath given me rest on every side. There is neither adversary nor evil occurrence. Well, that certainly couldn't be said under the David ministry. He was still fighting the battles to bring under submission um, the factious. And behold, I purpose to build a house for the name of the Lord my God, as the Lord spake unto David my father, saying, Thy son, whom I will set upon thy throne in thy room, which, by the way, this throne was called the throne of God twice in scriptures. Some people think it's up there in heaven, but there is a throne of God on earth. It's quoted as as saying. So, thy son, whom I will set upon thy throne in thy room, he shall build the house for thy name. So, in Song of Solomon, chapter 6, in 13 and 9, we see that he married the Shulamite, uh, which the word means perfect, perfect or complete one. This is the bride, in other words, right? In uh, typology, as we know, David ruled in Jerusalem, which was the bride, and he ruled over the bride, and uh, he had authority over the bride. And here we see that the people coming to Solomon, uh, the man-child Solomon, these are uh, the building blocks of the temple. The Shepherd of Hermas is a really neat revelation concerning this. The the, uh, building blocks represented the people that were cleaned up, made true, and put in the temple. And verse 10 goes on to say, And it shall come to pass in that day that the root of Jesse, that standeth for an ensign of the peoples, unto him shall the nation seek, and his resting place shall be glorious. And it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord will set his hand again the second time to recover the remnant of his people. In other words, They are in bondage to the rudiments of the world. They're in bondage to the beastly kingdoms of the world. They pledge allegiance to the beastly kingdoms of the world. And so they need deliverance. (laughs) So he's going to set his hand again the second time to recover the remnant of his people. 
that shall remain uh, from Assyria and from Egypt and from Pathros and from Cush and from Elam. In other words, the lands round about, right? And from, from Shinar and from Hamath and from the islands of the sea. And where, of course, are they coming to? They're coming to Zion. Because Zion is that new leadership God is creating and bringing forth. Verse 12. And he will set up an ensign for the nations uh, and will assemble the outcasts of Israel. Well, why were they outcasts? Well, because beast kingdoms conquered them much like the church. And, of course, now we go into the church and we see more of the beast kingdom in there than we see of the church, uh, which is the called out ones. That's what it means. So um, so he, he, he gathers together the dispersed of Judah and from the four corners of the earth. Uh, the envy also of Ephraim shall depart, and they that vex Judah shall be cut off. Well, the envy of Ephraim, the northern ten tribes who worshipped the golden calf, but called him Jehovah or Yahweh. Okay, um, this this will pass away. In other words, uh, under the Prince of Peace, there will be a joining of all Israel. Okay, and they that vex Judah shall be cut off. Amen. The faction in government and church are cut off. Ephraim shall not envy Judah, and Judah shall not vex Ephraim. Amen. That's been in the past. The What the Lord showed us was the uh, Spirit-filled people and the non-Spirit-filled people. Who were the Spirit-filled people? The ones who had the Spirit of God in the temple in the midst of their assembly. Okay, and that was uh, Judah, and the the uh, other northern tribes were non-spirit filled, and uh, because they didn't have the spirit of God in their midst, this, this is all according to typology. Um, but in the days coming, of course, we see in Joel chapter two that there's going to be an outpouring of God's spirit of the former and latter rain upon the people. Because that happened before the people went into the wilderness, if you remember. So God, the unifying power of the Holy Spirit, first of all, the people who have denied the power of the Holy Spirit would have been Ephraim. Um, these people are going to come to see the miracles and the signs and the wonders and realize their mistake. Okay? Uh, if they don't, then they're not the elect. Verse 14. And they shall fly down upon the shoulder of the Philistines on the west. The Philistines here represent the local beast, you know, um, which is positioned right there at Israel. Uh, Together shall they despoil the children of the east. They shall put forth their hand upon Edom and Moab. You'll recognize those. Who uh, even though they were kinfolks, they uh, 
uh, sided against their brother Israel and became a traitor to Israel. So once again, this faction um, and the children of Ammon, another one, uh, shall obey them. They will be brought under submission, just as David brought under submission the Edomites, uh, and they served and obeyed him. Verse 15, And the Lord will utterly destroy the tongue of the Egyptian sea. In other words, the old man shall not rule them. We know that Egypt ruled over Israel, who was the spiritual man. And in the Red Sea, there was a baptism that put to death the old man, the Egyptians, and the Israelites came up on the other side. So we see the typology there. And the Lord's going to destroy the tongue of the old man here. And uh, praise be to God. And with his scorching wind will he wave his hand over the river and will smite it into seven streams and cause men to march over dry shod. And there shall be a highway for the remnant of his people. We know that even if the remnant, even if Israel be as the sands of the sea, it is the remnant that shall be saved. Okay. <clears throat> and we also know that all Israel, that's all who is grafted in, shall be saved. But we know all are not going to be grafted in. But all Israel shall be saved, representing those who are all grafted into the vine. And there shall be a highway for the remnant of his people. And I believe it's the highway of holiness that leads to Zion. Uh, that shall remain from Assyria. So like as there was for Israel in the day that he came out of the land of Egypt. Okay, so they did. They came out of Egypt, out of servitude to the old man. They went into the wilderness to find God. Uh, they told Pharaoh that uh, <clears throat> they couldn't serve God in Egypt, which is true. <laughs> they can only serve God in the wilderness, which is a place where there is no influence of the Egyptians. They were baptized in the sea, and they died there. <clears throat> and I want you to know that it wasn't just Israel's army that was destroyed. Uh, it was their kingdom that was destroyed. Even though they made a new Pharaoh, uh, their army was gone. They had no defense. They were invaded by the nations round about and taken down. Even uh, Pharaoh fled into a wilderness because he had no choice. Well, the people of God will come out of beast captivity and go into the wilderness refuge which God has prepared for them in Revelation chapter 12. We'll see that. In Isaiah chapter 12, 1 through 6, In that day thou shalt say, I will give thanks unto thee, O Lord, for though thou wast angry with me, thine anger is turned away, and thou comfortest me. Yes, this is the mercy and the grace of God. It is time for a change of God's people. Verse 2, Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and will not be afraid for the Lord. Even the Lord is my strength and song. And He has become 
my salvation. Amen. Amen. The people of God need salvation. They believe that they entered in uh, to that salvation most completely, some of them, usually the northern ten tribes. They believe that they have completely come into salvation and that's all there is to it. But they haven't. Because God's plan of salvation is body, soul, and spirit. The people shall truly be saved from captivity to their beastly flesh. Verse 3, Therefore, with joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation. And in that day shall you say, Give thanks unto the Lord. Call upon His name. Declare His doings among the peoples. Make mention that His name is exalted. Sing unto the Lord, for He hath done excellent things. Let this be known in all of the earth. Well, because this is something that is in all of the earth, not just little Israel. This is the, the people of God in all of the earth. Cry aloud and shout, thou inhabitant of Zion. That's the bride. Because the bride is coming to maturity before the tribulation and will continue during the tribulation, but is coming to much maturity before the tribulation because of persecution and hatred from um, the apostates. For great in the midst of thee is the Holy One of Israel. That's what salvation is all about. The Holy One of Israel in the midst of us. Christ in you, the hope of glory. He is our salvation. Okay, then we go to Isaiah 13. Um, we're still in that small text of, um, of uh, chapters. And I'm going to look at 1 through 22. The burden of Babylon, the deep state Khazarian mafia, I believe is what Babylon is identifying here, who has ruled over the nations, all of the nations as a matter of fact, which Isaiah the son of Amos did see. Set ye up an ensign upon the bare mountain, Lift up the voice unto them. Wave the hand that they may go into the gates of the nobles. I have commanded my consecrated ones. Yea, I have called my mighty men for mine anger, even my proudly exalting ones. (laughs) Well, some are not going to like this, but the ones he's talking about is the alliance of nations. And they are pretty proud of themselves. Their leader too. But we know that uh, this is something God is doing and He really gets all the credit. Okay, but He has called these people, He has consecrated them, and He's going to give them victory. They are in the process of beast kingdoms Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, Media, Persia, Cyrus' kingdom, uh, and so on. So, so this alliance of nations he has called to conquer this um, Babylonish kingdom. The noise of a multitude in the mountains as a great people, the noise of a tumult of the kingdoms of the nations gathered together. 
The Lord of hosts is mustering the host for the battle. They come from a far country, from the uttermost parts of heaven, even the Lord and the weapons of his indignation to destroy the whole land. Or that word land also is earth, by the way, because Babylon is ruling over the earth. Verse 6, Wail ye, for the day of the Lord is at hand. As destruction from the Almighty shall it come. Well, the Lord has shown us there's a day of the Lord uh, for the tribulation of the bride and the man-child. And there's a day, because the day of the Lord is the judgment upon the people who persecuted and brought to the cross the bride and the man-child. So now the church is in the tribulation period. It also has a day of the Lord at the end of it, uh, which is a judgment upon those who brought the church to their cross. Okay. Wail ye, for the day of the Lord is at hand, as destruction from the Almighty shall it come. Therefore shall all hands be feeble. Every heart of man shall melt and they shall be dismayed. Pangs and sorrows shall take hold of them. They shall be in pain as a woman in travail. They shall look in amazement one and another. Their faces shall be faces of flame. In other words, they're facing a flame. If you remember, there was a flame in Joel chapter 2 uh, when they were conquering the northern ten tribes. And they came up to Zion, which was the bride, and they were conquered. And that was the Assyrian Empire's type and shadow. They did conquer the northern ten tribes because they were in apostasy. And they conquered Judah because it was in apostasy. But they couldn't conquer the bride, which was Jerusalem. So here's this day of the Lord identifying this timing. Okay. Um, and the day of the Lord is the day the Lord comes and judges those who persecuted and ruled over His people. How is the Lord coming? He's coming in the man-child ministry as He came in Jesus. Right? Jesus was both Son of Man and Son of God. Son of Man was passed on through Mary. The Son of God was from the Spirit of God. So those who persecuted and ruled over His people is what He's talking about. Cruel with wrath and fierce anger to make the land a desolation. You think this is going to be fun and games? No. To make the land a desolation and to destroy the sinners thereof out of it. Well, God has a a purpose here. He's going to destroy the sinners thereof out of it. So this judgment, uh, yes, they will be conquered by the next world ruling empire, the Medo-Persian Empire, Cyrus, Trump. But there will be a great destruction, a land of desolation, and to destroy the sinners thereof out of it. Let me say that everybody has the idea who's going to win this thing, but I can tell you who's going to lose this thing. It's going to be the sinners. 
if you remember when God's people came out of Egypt, there was a Passover for God's people. And it passed over them. They escaped that judgment. But that judgment fell on the Egyptians, the sinners. At that time, they were the type of that. And uh, they were the ones who were ruling over the Israelites, which is never supposed to happen. Uh, The Egyptian, of course, represents the old man who died in the Red Sea while the Israelite came up on the other side of their baptism. Okay? So, once again, this judgment is going to take out the, the, the evil, the sinners. Now, you can see that as both the flesh of the old man and the beast kingdoms around who put them on the cross. Okay? Both are true. There are many parables, and we have to not reject any of them that are true parables. So, as with every beast entity that ruled over God's people, the time of the destruction of the Babylonian Satan-worshipping dragon has come to be judged, including those who claimed Christianity but were the teeth of the dragon on God's people. They claimed to be Christians, but they weren't. They're members of the dragon seeking to devour the man-child. They've sought to do that. Then they sought to devour the woman, just as Revelation 12 tells us. These people are members of the dragon that are doing this. They're not members of the church. So, they were the teeth of the dragon on God's people. For the stars of heaven and the constellations thereof shall not give their light, The sun shall be darkened in its going forth, and the moon shall not cause its light to shine. (laughs) I don't know if you've been watching lately, but quite often when they get through chemtrailing you, you don't get to see either one. Okay? It's part of their war against uh, the people that they want to destroy and depopulate. Uh, Verse 11, And I will punish the world for their evil and the wicked for their iniquity. See, this is why you can't totally wipe out before the time the whole beast entity of Babylon because they have a job to do. Uh, And this war between these two entities, of course, is going to bring a lot of destruction. And I will punish the world for their evil. Why is it the world? Because... Both of these are worldwide beasts, worldwide entities. And uh, I will cause the arrogancy of the proud to cease and will lay low the haughtiness of the terrible. God wants to humble men, especially proud men. I will make a man more rare than fine gold, a real man, I would say even a man uh, than pure gold of Ophir. Therefore, I will make the heavens to tremble, and the earth shall be shaken out of its place. In the re- and By the way, we have many dreams and revelations about the coming of the man-child in the midst of this great shaking. And uh, I'll share that in a minute. 
I will make the heavens to tremble and the earth to be shaken out of its place in the wrath of the Lord of hosts in the day of his fierce anger. Oh, I, I dare say the, uh, the, many of the people who claim to be some sort of Christians, um, they believe in a thousand years of peace. Uh, but uh, they don't believe in the book of Revelation and they don't believe everything else the Bible has to say about the same era, okay? So they, even if they don't believe the book of Revelation, they say they believe the rest of the Bible. Well, we're reading the rest of the Bible here, okay? They're wrong. <clears throat> so in the time of Jesus, the man-child, uh, this great earthquake was his resurrection, to the throne of authority. Literally, it says that when Jesus was resurrected, there was a great earthquake. Okay? So in our dreams, the great earthquakes happened at the time of the coming of the man-child anointing. And I'll depart from our text for just a moment to point this out. Haggai 2, 21 through 23. Speak to Zerubbabel, meaning born from Babylon, that's what Zerubbabel means. Of course, he was the leadership of God's people. He was the man-child of his day, like Moses, who led the people out of Babylon to rebuild the kingdom. Okay? And Moses, of course, led them out of Egypt to rebuild the kingdom. Perfect parallel we've already seen already. Um, and, of course, uh, he was the governor of Judah. He was the ruler of Judah. Uh, Zerubbabel, representing the man-child, once again, David over the bride, so on and so forth. Saying, I will shake the heavens and the earth, and I will overthrow the throne of kingdoms. We will see these earthquakes. Overthrow the throne of kingdoms. Yes. And God, see, everybody thinks that um, um, the Trump and uh, the alliance is the only ones that's going to overthrow that kingdom. Oh no, look carefully. I shake the heavens and the earth. I will shake the heavens and the earth. I will overthrow the throne of kingdoms. What thrones of kingdoms are overthrown? The thrones, the thrones where the deep state Kazarian mafia rules. They're being overthrown now. And a great shaking is coming too. And I will overthrow the throne of kingdoms and I will destroy the strength of the kingdoms of the nations. So the nations that have deep state Kazarian supported leadership are being overthrown by their own militaries with the help of the alliance. So this is a worldwide military effort. And I will overthrow the chariots. So now he's applying this parable and mixing it with another parable. I will overthrow the throne, overthrow the chariots and those that ride in them, and the horses and their riders shall come down, every one by the sword of his brother. That's again joining another parable with Egypt, right? So the deep state beast is being overthrown by the people they rule over. And in that day, says the Lord of hosts, I will take thee, O Zerubbabel, my servant, 
the son of Shealtiel, shall the Lord, and uh, saith the Lord, and I will make thee as a signet, for I have chosen thee, says the Lord of hosts. A signet, of course, is a sign of authority uh, from the king, as it was with the man-child Mordecai and Joseph. A symbol of authority, a ring of authority, right? So let's go back to Isaiah 13 again. We're just getting reaching out and grabbing these confirmations, okay? Isaiah 13 and 14. And it shall come to pass that as the chaste roe and as the sheep that no man gathereth, they shall turn every man to his own people and shall flee every man to his own land. Well, okay, their kingdoms are being conquered and they're fleeing. Everyone that is found shall be thrust through because they, they, God clearly delineated that He was going to wipe them out. Okay. And that's because of their terrible depopulation effort where they were attempting to wipe out most of the world. Okay. Um, so they're going to wipe them out. And every, as you know, they're taking them to, I think, to four different places and, um, you know, giving them a military tribunal and executing them. So, and everyone that is taken shall fall by the sword. So the Babylonian deep state will be utterly hated because the D-class is going to prove who they were, what was their purpose, in destroying most of the world. And destroyed, for they murdered many people with their depopulation agenda that's being seen by the people. Their infants also shall be dashed in pieces before their eyes. I say the nations are angry. Uh, Their houses shall be rifled, their wives ravished. Behold, I will stir up the Medes against them. That's the Medo-Persian Empire. Who shall not regard silver as for gold, they shall not delight in it. (laughs) And that's because they now have repatriated all of Babylon's gold and silver. So this is not impressive to them. They don't, there's no way they can buy their way out of this. They are broke. So they shall not delight in it. That's because they now have all of that. And they have nothing that the nations want but their blood, as a matter of fact. God designed it that way because they are a totally satanic kingdom. And the kingdom of Satan is being cast down to the earth. And their bows shall dash the young men in pieces, and they shall have no pity on the fruit of the womb. Their eyes shall not spare children. And Babylon, the glory of the kingdoms, the beauty of the Chaldeans' pride, shall be as when God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah. And as a matter of fact, they are the best symbol of Sodom and Gomorrah out there. They are so perverted. It shall never be inhabited, neither shall it be dwelt in from generation to generation. So this is not true of America, of course, but it is true of Babylon, that evil entity. Neither shall the Arabian pitch tent tent there, 
Neither shall the shepherds make their flocks to lie down there, but wild beasts of the desert shall lie there. Their houses shall be full of doleful creatures, and ostriches shall dwell there, and wild goats shall dance there. And the wolves shall cry in their castles, and jackals in their pleasant palaces. And their time is near to come, and her days shall not be prolonged. Okay, Isaiah 14, 1 through 32. For the Lord will have compassion on Jacob and will yet choose Israel, which is a type of the church, as I said, and set them in their own land. And the sojourner shall join himself with them, and they shall cleave to the house of Jacob. And the people shall take them and bring them to their place. And the house of Israel shall Possess them in the land of the Lord, uh, servants for and for handmaids, for servants and for handmaids. Let me say that there is a, a literal truth to this and a spiritual truth to this. There is a people who are circumcised in heart and not in flesh. And so we see, uh, matter of fact, Ezekiel's temple was a temple in which the people in it were circumcised in heart. No, they had nothing to do with building a building. It had to do with building a people. So, you see, these parables are not being seen. The letter is hiding them from the people. And the house of Israel shall possess them in the land, okay? And they shall take them captive whose captives they were. And they shall rule over their oppressors. That's the beast and the flesh, right? And it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall give thee rest uh, from thy sorrow and from thy trouble and from the hard service wherein thou hast made to serve. Amen. That thou shalt take up this parable against the king of Babylon and say, How hath the oppressor ceased, the golden city ceased, The Lord hath broken the staff of the wicked, the scepter of the rulers, that smote the peoples in wrath with continual stroke. What is he talking about? Oh, let's just say plagues, earthquakes, wars without end, murder and depopulation, that ruled the nations in anger with a persecution that none restrained. Verse 7, the whole earth is at rest. Why? Because they tormented the whole earth and had it constantly in wars. These wars were uh, designed by them. Uh, And is quiet. They break forth into singing. You notice when Trump came into office, he actually stopped some wars. They continually started to try to make them. He was stopping them. Yea, the fir trees rejoice at thee and the cedars of Lebanon, saying, Since thou art laid low, no hewer has come up against us. Sheol shall uh, from beneath is moved for thee to meet thee at thy coming. That's Sheol, the place of the dead. It stirreth up the dead for thee, even all the chief ones of the earth. It raised up from their thrones all the kings of the nations. They all wanted to see Babylon, the leadership of Babylon. 
And all they shall answer and say unto thee, Art thou also become weak as we? Art thou become like unto us? Thy pomp is brought down to Sheol, and thy noise of thy vials. The worm is spread unto thee, and worms cover thee. How art thou fallen from heaven, O day star, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground that didst lay low the nations? Well, Satan in the dragon of Babylon is cast down to the earth. His authority as the prince of the powers of the air is broken. I'll depart from this text to point this out to you in Revelation 12. 3 through 14. And there was seen another sign in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his heads seven diadems. Where are these seven heads and ten horns? The ten continental divisions is the world, the whole world, and uh, the seven heads are the seed of all seven kingdoms who once conquered God's people because of their rebellion. And now they're all in two entities, let me say. They're in the entity of Babylon, and they're in the entity of the alliance. So, so behold, a great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his head seven diadems. And his tail draweth, a third part of the stars of heaven, and did cast them to the earth. This is the great falling away of a third of the star glory Christians. The faction has a lot to do with this. They're all over the world doing their same thing, trying to destroy the word of God, doing everything they can to destroy the lives of Christians. But God has a cure. And the dragon standeth before the woman, that is the church. You say, is it the woman Israel? No. Um, John was told to come up hither, and I will show you the things that are to come to pass hereafter. Okay, so it wasn't uh, Jesus, and it wasn't Israel. Those were both types and shadows of a much larger group in our day. History always repeats on a larger scale, okay? That is about to be delivered, that when she is delivered, he may devour her child. Yep, the dragon tried its best to devour this child and will try to devour this child. And she was delivered of a son, a man-child, who is to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up unto God and unto his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness. That's the tribulation, as we know. Uh, twice in the book of Revelation, he calls uh, the first three and a half years and the second three and a half years are both called the wilderness. And Israel went into the wilderness. They didn't fly over it to go to the promised land. They had to go through it. Hmm where she hath a place prepared of God. We know all about that. Refuge of safety for the people of God to train them up uh, under the man-child so that they are prepared to face the beast that is wanting to kill them. 
Uh, so that's the man child. And the, 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 the God hath a place prepared of God that there they, that's the man child, may nourish her a thousand two hundred and three score days. How long did Jesus the man child teach the woman in the wilderness or desert, same word, okay, in many cases, three and a half years. So this is a, a repeat of history perfectly, okay? If it doesn't repeat history, it's a lie, okay? Because God says in Ecclesiastes chapter 1, everything's going to be repeated. So at the beginning of the first three and a half years of the tribulation, Satan is cast down. And there was war in heaven, Michael and his angels going forth to war with the dragon, and the dragon warred with his angels. And they prevailed not, neither was their place found any more in heaven. Let me say, the dragon's angels are no match for God's angels. God never made angels that could whoop him, right? And he's still on the throne. And the great dragon was cast down, the old serpent, he that is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of what? The whole world. And guess what? Babylon did deceive the whole world. Few understand the great evil behind their own governments to destroy them. He was cast down to the earth and his angels were cast down with him. And I heard a great voice in heaven saying, Now is come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, who accuses them before our God day and night. And verse 11, And they, that is the saints, overcame him because of the blood of the Lamb. Okay, so our faith in the blood gives us authority and sets us free from the power of sin and Satan. Gives us authority over Satan. And because of the word of their testimony. Now look, who is overcoming Satan and his angels? He's telling you the saints are doing this. Well, what about the angels? Well, they were doing the physical thing, but guess what? What you're going to learn is the angels take their authority from the faith of the saints. Okay? Who is it saying here? He's saying it very plainly. They, the saints, overcame him because of the blood of the Lamb. You have authority over Satan because of the blood of the Lamb. Our faith in the blood gives us authority and sets us free from His power. And because of the word of their testimony. Well, what is our testimony? Our testimony is that our Lord bound the strong man. The church doesn't know this. Bound the strong man and gave us authority to plunder him through words of faith. Well, notice the angels are doing the warfare as we confess Jesus before men. They are ministering spirits uh, to serve us. 
The Bible says this. Hebrews 1, 13 and 14. But of which of the angels hath he said at any time, Sit thou at my right hand, until I make thine enemies the footstool of thy feet? No, he didn't say that to the angels. <laughs> he said it to the man-child. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to do service for the sake of them that shall inherit salvation? So whose will do the angels obey? Well, here's, this is what people don't understand. Psalm 103 and 20. Bless the Lord, ye His angels, that are mighty in strength, that fulfill His word, hearkening unto the voice of His word. So if we order angels, it must be at the will of the word of the Lord. Right? But let me share this with you. George Washington saw in his vision of the third war fought on American soil, that our union was almost overcome by this evil entity that invaded the country. Mm-hmm. But angels began to fight alongside of the remnant of the patriots. Now, this was new to him. He didn't know anything about this. But an angel was showing him this vision. So he was paying attention. Uh, So they came to fight alongside of the remnant of the patriots and the attacking armies were broken up and retreated. So uh, I doubt he understood visions like that. It was a shock to him, and he said so. So what are you going to do now that you know you are supposed to send the angels to cast down Satan uh, in the deep state dragon and to plunder him? Have you had any thoughts on that? How about using your imagination and using your faith to empower the angels to win this war. I can tell you for a fact, the angels will stand there and wait until you give the order. And you think, well, they would take care of this. I can tell you there are angels all around us right now. And they're not going to do a thing until they have authority to do it. And God is using, as we just saw clearly in the book of Revelation, and in in, uh, Washington's vision. He's using the authority of the sons of God that he is raising up, the sons and daughters of God that he is raising up. And what did Jesus say when he passed on his authority to his disciples and told them to make disciples and to pass on that authority to them? As the Father has sent me, so send I you. I give you authority over all the power of the enemy. Who's got the authority? Did he give it to angels? You need to go back and read Hebrews. No. He didn't give it to the angels. He gave it to us. So we have a job to do. And as soon as God's people figure this out and start doing their job, this Babylonian kingdom is going to fall. Completely. Um. But as you know, most of God's people haven't got the foggiest idea 
what the Bible is clearly saying. So, so send them to take out the enemy leadership and their money, as I have done, and they are doing. Send them. The Lord will tell you, you can't do this on your own. Nobody can. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Uh, it has to be a direction from the Lord. Uh, you don't have to worry. I can tell you that you don't have to worry about a failure. Some people will not go down this road because they're afraid of failing. You don't have to worry about a failure because Psalm 103 is very plain. The angels are not going to do anything contrary to the will of God. If you give them an order that's out of God's will, it will fall to the ground. <laughs> okay? So you don't have to worry about that. But uh, it's just like the gifts. I mean, we enter into the gifts. We sometimes stumble around, you know. Um, and, but after a while, we become more mature in our gift. And by the way, who, who manifests the gifts through God's people? Revelation 14. No, excuse me. First Corinthians 14 uh, tells us that this is um, the spirits of angels doing this in the original. Okay, so I'm going to go back to Revelation 12:11, and they loved not their life even unto death. This was the next thing concerning these people who were exercising their authority while the angels cast down the fallen angels, and they fell. <laughs> Um, and they love not their life even unto death. So they, they who have power believe in living the crucified life and serving the Lord. Okay. We serve the Lord. We don't serve ourselves. We don't walk according to the seeing of our eye or the hearing of our ears. Um, as I have spoken to important people, I'll just say, um, that we can't do our will here. The angels are powerful enough to take this kingdom down immediately. But we don't have the authority to do that. God's bringing it down as it brings God's people down and humbles them and brings them to their cross. So, you can't go faster than God. Right? So therefore rejoice, O heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe for the earth and for the sea, because the devil is gone down unto you, having great wrath. He is mad. <laughs> but he didn't have any choice. Uh, knowing that he hath but a short time. Well, um, Revelation speaks about that short time too. And it's three and a half years. And when the dragon saw... The dragon has what? Three and a half years before the beast comes in and makes war on the saints for the next three and a half years. Okay? Um, and when the dragon saw that he was cast down to the earth, he persecuted the woman, that's the church, that brought forth the man-child. Okay, I can't get the man-child, I'll go after the woman. But then God made a place for the woman. And there was given to the woman... And, of course, they're being driven there. <laughs> and there was given to the woman the two wings of the great eagle. I say that that's the man-child's teachings. 
which give the overcomer's power to dwell in heavenly places in Christ. That might that they might that she might fly into the wilderness unto her place where she is nourished for a time, times and a half a time from the face of the serpent. When did that happen before? In Jesus' day. So Jesus, the man-child, was also a type and shadow of what's happening in a larger time this time. By the way, the one who lives in the man-child is Jesus. He's still Jesus. It's still Jesus doing the work. It's not us. It's Him doing the work. Christ in you, the hope of glory, right? So Jesus, the man-child, also taught the womb for three and a half years in the desert, which in some places was the same word for wilderness. So back to Isaiah 14, verse 13. So we're jumping around a little bit here. And thou said in thy heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. That's Satan's plan as the king of Babylon, right? Notice he can't overcome the moon or overcome the moon or the sun glory Christians. He only overcomes the star glory Christians. So we have to grow up and to take our authority over him. And I will sit upon the mount of the congregation. See, Satan doesn't have any problem going to church. Have you noticed? Uh, he loves to go to church, especially powerless churches. He's got them. So in the uttermost parts of the north, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. He wants to rule over the churches. He does a pretty good job too. Yet thou shalt be brought down to Sheol to the uttermost parts of the pit. So he will go to the greatest place of torment just like his Satanist faction. They that see thee shall gaze at thee, they shall consider thee, saying, Is this the man that made the earth to tremble and did shake kingdoms? Well, the deep state Satanists are man and not God. They think that they are, but they are not. They wanted to take the place, notice, of God. Right? that made the world as a wilderness and overthrew the cities thereof, which they have done. And let not the, uh, and let not loose his prisoners to their home. All the kingdoms of the nations, all of them sleep in glory, every one in his own house. But thou art cast forth away from thy sepulcher like an abominable branch clothed with the slain that are thrust through with the sword that go down to the stones of the pit as a dead body trodden underfoot. They are a dead body. Thou shalt not be joined with them in burial because thou hast destroyed thy land. Thou hast slain thy people. They are traitors. The traitors, you know, believe that they are to rule this planet and they need to get rid of most of us to do it. So the traitors of both the political and the religious factions are there. The seed of evildoers shall not be named forever. Prepare ye slaughter for his children, 
for the iniquity of their fathers, that they rise not up and possess the earth and fill the face of the world with cities. And I will rise up against them, says the Lord of hosts, and cut off from Babylon name and remnant, and son and son's son, saith the Lord. So angels shall cut them off, as the Scripture says. And I will also make it a possession for the porcupine. Well, we've called them porcupine Christians because you don't want to get too close to them. They'll stab you, right? (coughs) And pools of water. And I will sweep it with the besom or the broom of destruction, says the Lord of hosts. This thing is going to leave a wilderness. Everybody wants to know, where's the wilderness? Where's the wilderness? It's going to be worldwide. And the Lord of hosts has sworn, saying, Surely as I have thought, so shall it come to pass. And as I have purposed, so shall it stand. That I will break the Assyrian in my land. So they were stopped short of the bride city and destroyed. They conquered the northern ten tribes because they had a false Jesus. They conquered uh, Judah because they had a false Jesus, but they couldn't conquer the broad city. That's when 185,000 of their most prideful men were taken down. And upon my mountains uh, tread him underfoot. Then shall his yoke depart from off of them, and his burden depart from off of their shoulders. Angels tread this beast underfoot. So this is a worldwide destruction of the beast. Why? Because this beast has been ruling over the whole world. They cheated on all elections. (laughs) Yeah. So this is the purpose that is purposed upon the whole earth. And this is the hand that is stretched out upon all nations. For the Lord of hosts hath purpose, and who shall annul it? And his hand is stretched out, and who shall turn it back? In the year that the king Ahaz died was this burden. Rejoice now, O Philistia, all of thee, because uh, the rod that smote thee is broken. For out of the serpent's root shall uh, come forth an adder, and his fruit shall be a fiery flying serpent. You remember the fiery flying serpents, right? And the firstborn of the poor shall feed, and the needy shall lie down in safety. And I will kill thy root with famine, and thy remnant shall be slain. You know, they have designed a famine, and i got to tell you, it's going to take them down. How, O gate, O Cry, O city, thou art melted away, O Philistia. That's the local beast who also hated Israel. Another type in the shadow here. And they still do, by the way. All of thee, for there cometh a smoke out of the north, and there is no straggler in his ranks. What then shall one answer the messengers of the nations? The Lord hath founded Zion, and in her shall the afflicted of his people take refuge. 
men. Okay, let's uh, talk about freeing the people to rebuild the kingdom. Uh, with the destruction of the Babylonian beast came Cyrus's decree to free the people of God to go home with the funds plundered from Babylon to restore the kingdom. And we're there now as a repeat of history. And we're seeing the destruction of deep state Babylon by uh, Cyrus Trump, who, with the Alliance of Nations, are redistributing the wealth. <clears throat> so I want to share with you a couple of types here of the fall of the King of Babylon. Um, they're a group of elites today known as the Deep State Khazarians um, who have passed down to their offspring the rulership of the world, basically. And the presidents and the leaders of the nations have served them. So this is the king of Babylon that is falling now. Daniel is a type of the man-child corporate body. In prophetic Bible literature, individuals represent corporate bodies, like in the book of Revelation, where there was a harlot that seemed to be an individual, but was not. It was a corporate body. The beast, the two witnesses, the bride, and even Jesus has become a corporate body upon the earth, right? So Daniel 5 and 17 says, Then Daniel answered and said before the king, Let thy gifts be to thyself, and give thy rewards to another. Nevertheless, I will read the writing unto the king, and make known to him the interpretation. O thou king, the Most High God gave Nebuchadnezzar, thy father, the kingdom, and greatness and glory and majesty. And because of the greatness that he gave him, all the peoples, nations, languages trembled and feared before him. Whom he would he slew, and whom he would he kept alive, and whom he would he raised up, and whom he would he put down. This is a good description of what deep state Babylon has done. But when his heart was lifted up and his spirit was hardened so that he dealt proudly, he was deposed from his kingly throne, and they took his glory from him. And he was driven from the sons of men, and his heart was made like the beasts. Yes, that is true. They are predators wanting to depopulate the earth for their lord Satan. The dragon was the god of Babylon, and they are all Satanists, so it fits very well. And his dwelling was with the wild asses. He was fed with grass like oxen, and his body was wet with the dew of heaven, until he knew that the Most High God ruleth in the kingdom of men, and that he setteth up over it whomsoever he will. By the way, he gives you a government that you deserve. Okay? And thou, his son, Belshazzar, hast not humbled thy heart 
though thou knewest all this, but hast lifted up thyself against the Lord of heaven, and they have brought the vessels of his house before thee, and thou and thy lords, thy wives, and thy concubines have drunk wine, representing blood, from them. And thou hast praised the gods of silver and gold, of brass, iron, wood, and stone, which see not, nor hear, nor know. And the God in whose hand is thy breath, and whose are all the ways, hast thou not glorified. Then was the part of the hand sent from before him, and this writing was inscribed. And this is the writing that was inscribed. Mene, mene, tikel, you far seen. This is the interpretation of the thing. Mene, God hath numbered thy kingdom and brought it to an end. Tikel, thou art weighed in the balances and art found wanting. Perez, thy kingdom is divided and given to the Medes, that's Darius, and the Persians, that's Cyrus, and then commanded uh, Belshazzar, and they clothed Daniel with purple and put a chain of gold about his neck and made proclamation concerning him that he should be the third ruler in the kingdom. And, of course, this is royalty, And this is so today. Daniel's word brought down their empire. His prophetic words brought it down, and that king was slain. Verse 30. In that night Belshazzar, the Chaldean king, was slain, and Darius the Mede received the kingdom, being about threescore and two years old. So we see in uh, Daniel 6 and 28, So this Daniel, who is a type of the man-child body, prospered in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. So these were rulers of the same Archimedes Persian Empire. So Babylon was swallowed up by the larger empire of the Medes and the Persians, uh, led in our day by uh, Cyrus Trump and his army. Uh, He was the one who conquered and subjected Babylon, our deep state, and set God's people free to return and rebuild his kingdom. Isaiah 44 and 23. Sing, O ye heavens, for the Lord hath done it. Shout, you lower parts of the earth. Break forth into singing, you mountains, O forest, and every tree therein, for the Lord hath redeemed Jacob and will glorify himself in Israel as a type of the church of our day. Okay. Thus saith the Lord thy Redeemer, and he that formed thee from the womb, I am the Lord that maketh all things, that stretcheth forth the heavens alone, that spreadeth forth the earth, who is with me. Who is with me. Amen that frustrateth the signs of the liars, and maketh diviners mad, that turneth wise men backward, and maketh their knowledge foolish, that confirmeth the word of his servant, and performeth the counsel of his messengers, that saith of the Lord, 
says of Jerusalem, excuse me, she shall be inhabited, and of the cities of Judah they shall be built, and I will raise up the waste places thereof, that saith to the deep, Be dry, and I will dry up thy rivers, that saith of Cyrus, He is my shepherd, and shall perform all my pleasure, even saying, Of Jerusalem she shall be built, and of the temple thy foundation shall be laid. And we know the temple in our day, of course, is the people. It's not a building, right? And he's speaking of the heavenly Jerusalem ruled by our King David, Jesus Christ, whose scripture says ascended to David's throne. So the original apostles were building that kingdom in the spiritual realm, and this is the kingdom being reborn out of apostasy today. Paul said to those who came to the real Jesus in his day, I say the real Jesus because that's what we have to pay attention to, Hebrews 12 and 22. But you are come unto Mount Zion, unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to innumerable hosts of angels, and to the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, and to God the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better than that of Abel. So we see this is a spiritual revelation in our day. We are not uh, literal Jews. We are spiritual Jews, right? Circumcised in heart. So continuing our original text in Isaiah 45 and 1. Thus saith the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have holden to subdue nations before him. And I will loose the loins of kings to open the doors before him, and the gates shall not be shut. I will go before thee and make the rough places smooth. I will break in pieces the doors of brass, and I will cut in sunder the bars of iron. And I will give thee the treasures of darkness. Uh, God saying he is going to make this way for Trump to do this in our day. Trump received the treasures uh, in the dark tunnel that were hidden there by the deep state, right? Um, Of gold and silver and many other things, which was stolen from the people by the deep state. And the hidden riches of secret places, yes, indeed, he he found those and repatriated those, okay? That thou mayest know that it is I, the Lord, who call thee by thy name, even the God of Israel. For Jacob my servant's sake, and Israel my chosen, have I called thee by thy name. I have surnamed thee, though thou hast not known me. So for the sake of Israel representing the church in our day, there is a parallel here, a perfect parallel. History must repeat according to the Word of God. So now we're seeing the people of God today uh, being treated, okay? 
Verse 5, I am the Lord, and there is none else besides me. There is no God. I will gird thee, though thou hast not known me. Speaking about the Cyrus of our day, Trump. That they may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none besides me. I am the Lord, and there is none else. I form the light and create the darkness. I make peace, and I create evil. I am the Lord that doeth all these things. And then in 13, I have raised him up in righteousness, and I will make straight all of his ways. He shall build my city, and he shall let my exiles go free. Not for price nor reward, says the Lord of hosts. And that's been true. So here's the decree of Cyrus to rebuild Jerusalem, the throne of the kingdom of God. Right? Ezra 1 and 1. Now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be accomplished, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, so that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom, and put it also in writing, saying, Thus saith Cyrus, king of Persia, All the kingdoms of the earth has the Lord, the God of heaven, given me, and he hath charged me to build him a house in Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Well, clearly, President Trump is the head of the Alliance of World Nations that is overthrowing the deep state. Whosoever there is among you, of all his people, his God be with him, and let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, and build the house of the Lord. Now we know what the house of the Lord is in our time, right? It is the people. The God of Israel. He is God, which is in Jerusalem. Hmm, quite a statement. Newborn, again, Jerusalem, born from above, is being implied here. And whosoever is left in any place where he sojourneth, let the men of his place help him with silver and with gold and with goods and with beasts, besides the freewill offering for the house of God, which is in Jerusalem. Then rose up the heads of fathers' houses of Judah and Benjamin, and the priests and the Levites, even all whose spirit God had stirred up to go up to build the house of Jehovah, which is in Jerusalem. And all they that were round about them strengthened their hands with vessels of silver, with gold, with goods, with beasts, and with precious things besides all that was willingly offered. Also Cyrus the king brought forth the vessels of the house of the Lord, a type of God's people, uh, which Nebuchadnezzar had brought forth out of Jerusalem and had put in the house of his gods. Yep, they all went to Babylon, right, and fell into Babylonish religion, right? Even those did Cyrus king of Persia bring forth by the hand of Mithraedath the treasurer, and numbered them into Sheshbazar, which is uh, the name of Zerubbabel, the court name of Zerubbabel, who, uh, as you know, went in Haggai to do just this, right? 
the prince of Judah. And this is the number of them, 30 platters of gold, a thousand platters of silver, uh, nine and twenty knives, uh, 30 bowls of gold, silver bowls of a second sort, 410, and other vessels, a thousand. All the vessels of gold and of silver were 5,400, and all these did Sheshbazar bring up when they of the captivity were brought up from Babylon unto Jerusalem. And his name was Zerubbabel then, which means born from Babylon. He was the first fruits leadership that was born from Babylon. He represents the man-child in our day. So Cyrus Trump gave authority to Sheshbazar, the court name of Zerubbabel, the man-child, to receive the funding and rebuild the kingdom. Cyrus Trump has almost beaten deep state Babylon and is probably about to return to office officially uh, at the time of what? At the time uh, Babylon is conquered. It's not talking about when he began his ministry over there. He began his warfare over there. Now it's talking about and a time of victory over Babylon, he is returning. This is talking about now. Um, Joseph and Daniel had such a relationship with the king, which leads us to this revelation, which is now also about to come to pass. And we're going to call it uh, New Leadership, Spiritual and Physical. It's a revelation that was given to Eve Brass on 11 11 uh, 2016. I dreamed that I was standing in the back of a press conference room. There was a stage up front and a podium. There were reporters seated in the chairs on the floor uh, waiting for the president-elect to come and give his acceptance speech. Well, this is President Trump officially returning to office when uh, Babylon deep state has been conquered. Not that they won't still be doing guerrilla warfare and some pretty terrible things, but politically they are out. Okay. Uh, I could hear people all over the world cheering and celebrating their victory. I can guarantee you that will happen. Um, the term president-elect is used when he is elected to office but not yet inaugurated. So he was elected, as the proof will show, and he will be re-inaugurated. I was expecting Donald Trump to come walking in, but instead, almost like I was given a glimpse of a parallel universe, David Eels, and I'm being used here all the way as a type of the David man-child, as we've had historically in dreams and visions and so on and so forth. It has nothing to do with me. It has to do with the man-child. Uh, David Eels came walking in from the right of the stage with four large bodyguards dressed in white shirts and black suits with no ties. So as we have seen, there is a parallel in the man-child types that must be fulfilled. Joseph was a man-child, but had a cooperative government in Pharaoh. 
These man-child reformer types advised the physical ruler. Daniel was a man-child, but had a cooperative government in Cyrus, who is Trump in our day. The man-child body in our day is receiving a parallel cooperative government in our day in Donald Trump. All types must be fulfilled because in Ecclesiastes 1 and 9 we're told that which hath been is that which shall be and that which hath been done is that which shall be done and there is no new thing under the sun. Is there a thing whereof it may be said, See, this is new. It hath been long ago in ages which were before us. Now we're looking at that parallel in history now. Okay. That's just as Joseph and Daniel had authority in the cooperative government, so it will be in this time with the David Manchild. What uh, Trump represents as head of a natural government, the Manchild represents as head of the spiritual government. So this is the parallel that Eve was talking about. And David was dressed in an ivory-colored suit and white shirt. There were about 15 or 20 government agents gathered around the podium. Well, the man-child's government is what's being spoken of. The spiritual government agents are the angels. They go forth and they fulfill what the Lord wants in His government. And uh, they fulfill what the saints speak in agreement with God. Hebrews 1 and 13 says, But of which of the angels hath he said at any time, Sit thou on my right hand until I make thine enemies the footstool of thy feet? Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to do service for the sake of them that shall inherit salvation? Well, notice the Lord rules through his true true ministers and angels. Psalm 103 and 19. The Lord hath established his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom ruleth over all. Bless the Lord, ye his angels, that are mighty in strength, that fulfill his word, hearkening unto the voice of his word. It doesn't matter what mouth that word comes out of, by the way. They listen to it, and they obey it. So, bless the Lord, all ye his hosts, ye ministers of his that do his pleasure. Bless the Lord, all ye his works, in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. So, the agents were waiting for President-elect David to give them their orders. The term president-elect is used when he is elected to office but not yet inaugurated or anointed. (laughs) As we can see, there is two anointings. There is anointing of David and there is anointing of, of Solomon, right? So those two are going to be fulfilled. So as we can see, this is true at this time of the natural and spiritual government that is about to be anointed. In the spirit realm, the Davids, or corporate man-child body, are the leadership of the kingdom of God on earth, underneath King Jesus, of course. Uh, Just as David was, 
and Jesus who sat upon the throne of David, right? So this is parallel to Donald Trump, who is the leader of the physical kingdom of these U.S. and uh, is leading the world alliance. As Joseph and Daniel, as man-childs, gave spiritual advice to the kings of their day, so will the David man-childs in these days, as Jesus had rule over the physical and spiritual, so the man-child body will in whom Jesus lives by his Spirit and Word. John 20 and 21, Jesus therefore said to them again, Peace be unto you, as the Father has sent me, even so send I you. And Matthew 16 and 19, I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And Luke 10 and 19, Behold, I have given you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall in any wise hurt you. Revelation 2 and 26, And he that overcometh, and he that keepeth my works unto the end, to him will I give authority over the nations. In Revelation 3 and 21, He that overcometh will I give to him to sit down with me in my throne, as I also overcame and sat down with my father in his throne. That's the throne of dominion, right? And 12 and 5, And she was delivered of a son, a man-child who is to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up unto God and unto his throne. Okay, some people say this is Jesus. They would be right in a way because this is Jesus in his uh, born-again body in these days. Okay, and that's the man-child. So this is a body of overcomers, reformers, who will sit upon the throne of David. They sat down with him in his throne, right? Which is called the throne of the Lord, or Yahweh, on earth, right? First Chronicles uh, 29 and 23. Then Solomon sat on the throne of the Lord. Uh-oh, see that? As king instead of David, his father. So he thought, sat on that throne too and prospered. And all Israel obeyed him. And uh, 28 and 5. And uh, of all my sons, for the Lord hath given me many sons. He hath chosen Solomon, my son, to sit upon the throne of the kingdom of the Lord. You see that? Over Israel. And First Kings 8 and 25. Now therefore, O Lord, the God of Israel, keep with thy servant David, my father, that which thou hast promised him saying, There shall not fail thee a man in my sight to sit on the throne of Israel, if only thy children take heed to their way to walk before me as thou hast walked before me. So basically saying a spiritual seed of David, 
called the branch in the Bible, uh, will come forth in our day and uh, rule too. So all over the stage among the agents or angels were many empty cardboard boxes that had been opened up and were ready to be packed up. As David stood at the podium, he began uh, motioning with his index finger to each agent and giving them their orders one at a time. Well, this is not done in the physical, but by authority in the spiritual realm. Uh, We do give the angels direction from the Lord. I understood that he was sending them throughout Washington, D.C., representing the government, right, to find all the evil, wicked people in the government and flush them out of their, flush was a good word, I thought, out of their hiding places and send them packing. Well, this can be done by the angels very easily, I have to tell you, and they are doing it. I then had a vision of corrupt government officials hiding under their desks in fetal positions. They were terrified and paralyzed with fear and couldn't function anymore. Yes, they've got them on everything. Okay. And this will be done by the spiritual authority. And as Jesus said to his disciples in Luke 10 and 19, Behold, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy. Authority is the right to use God's power, which we see that we have. So let us, through the authority given to us, root out the corruption and send them packing. She went on to say, I also think the boxes represent the timing of the wilderness as well as sending the enemy and their evil vessels packing. I believe this dream has two meanings. The elect corporate man-child is coming into power in the spiritual realm concurrently with Trump in the physical realm and also Father is confirming that the body of David's has power to send forth the angels to expose and uh, and I might add eject the evil he is answering our prayers of faith amen there is a war going on Cyrus's army is conquering the king of Babylon's army Cyrus's trumps uh, is ordained to rule by God and will soon enter the city of D.C. as a type of the government. When the king of Babylon uh, dies, you remember that's what happened, right? He died on the night. It was prophesied of Daniel, right? And uh, Cyrus came in. When the king of Babylon dies, just as history repeats, So alongside Cyrus is the man-child and his army who are conquering the spiritual forces ruling over the natural forces of the king of Babylon and his underlings. Satan can't hold a light to the people of God and the angels of God. I asked a question of the Lord uh, on 11, 12, and 16. Will you give me authority, faith, and mercy to take down faction? 
meaning in the world and in the church. And I asked for four heads of coins I flipped to confirm a yes and received them. Then I picked up my Bible and looked down on Second Kings 11 and 12. Then he brought out the king's son and put the crown upon him and gave him a th- the, the testimony, and they made him king and anointed him. And they clapped their hands and said, Long live the king. So he showed me when I read this that the address was also that very day uh, that I was asking this question, eleven twelve. So I discerned that the time to take authority is, of course, now. Yes, we always need to be taking authority over wicked governments. And that he is giving us this authority even before the anointing. Let us speak this army of faction in government and church down. They are empowered by witchcraft, of Satanism, slander, anarchy, hatred, etc. But we have been given authority over all their power, as Jesus said. So here's another revelation I want to share with you. The spiritual city of God restored. This is the vision given to Sherry Watson on 7-6-2005. I had a vision of a castle with a city surrounding it suspended just above a mountain in a layer of clouds. The mountain and the city were enshrouded or surrounded by darkness. The mountain and city were black in color in the vision, but it feels more like a presence than a color. I had the feeling that the city would soon touch down onto the mountain which is its resting place. So this vision was fulfilled in Jesus' day before God's spiritual city was destroyed and the people taken captive to Babylonish religion. And now it is about to be restored as promised. This city and mountain are heavenly, not physical, for they cannot be touched according to Hebrews 12 and 18, for you are not come unto a mount that might be touched and that burned with fire and unto blackness and darkness and tempest. So let me say that a death sentence is upon all who would ascend the holy mountain of God, as he told Moses. Verse 19, And the sound of a trumpet And the voice of words, which voice they that heard, entreated that no word more should be spoken unto them. For they could not endure that which was enjoined. Yes, and the wicked today, the apostates today, cannot endure the word of the Lord. If even a beast touch the mountain, it shall be stoned. And so fearful was the appearance that Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. But you are come unto Mount Zion and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, 
and to innumerable hosts of angels. They're, of course, available to the righteous. Uh, Those that are in apostasy don't know anything about this. Okay. Verse 23. And to the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, and to God the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect. He's, he is describing the kingdom and its leadership. As in Jesus' day, spiritual Zion was the firstborn church, meaning called out ones. So in our day, will God call out of Babylon's religion a firstborn The things that have been are the things that shall be. The coming castle of David's dominion, which is Christ in the body of his firstborn, or firstfruits, will soon be established in God's capital city on the mountain representing his kingdom on earth. Uh, I will speak of uh, the throne on Mount Zion in a few minutes. But let's continue on. As in Jesus' day, it will be shrouded in darkness to the world and seen by few of God's people who have only earthly eyes to see. And this is a place of safety from the invading beast kingdom. So those who are dead to self are safe, right? If you ascend that mountain, uh, you will be dead to self, as Moses said. Ezekiel 34 and 22 says, Therefore will I save my flock, and they shall no more be a prey. And I will judge between sheep and sheep, and I will set up one, corporate, I believe, shepherd, Jesus in the man-child, right, over them. And he shall feed them, even my servant David. He shall feed them, and he shall be their shepherd. And I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David, prince among them. I, the Lord, now this was a long time after David, so it's not talking about physical David, if anybody thinks that. It's talking about a David in the future, uh, which is talked about in Jeremiah 23 and 33, a branch that will be raised up of David. I, the Lord, have spoken it. And I will make with them a covenant of peace and will cause evil beasts to cease out of the land and they shall dwell securely in the wilderness, which is, of course, the tribulation. This is what all this preparation is about, uh, raising up God's people in the tribulation and will sleep in the woods. And I will make them uh, and the places round about my hill of Zion, of course, a blessing. Uh, Israel, as a type of the true church, was around Zion. You understand? Because this is the leadership for the church. And I will cause the shower to come down in its season, and there shall be showers of blessing. And the tree of the field, that's God's people, shall yield its fruit, and the earth shall yield its increase, and they shall be secure in their land, and they shall know that I am the Lord when I have broken the bars of their yoke. 
In other words, freedom from bondage to the flesh and the Babylonish religions, right? And have delivered them out of the hand of those that made bondmen of them. That's their carnal man and their carnal leaders, right? And they shall no more be a prey to the nations, neither shall the beasts of the earth devour them. So they're safe from the beast. Righteousness delivers from death, the Bible says. But they shall dwell securely, and none shall make them afraid. And she went on to say, In my quiet time I felt impressed of the Spirit to read Isaiah 62:11, which says, Behold, the Lord hath proclaimed unto the end of the earth, Say ye to the daughter of Zion, Behold, thy salvation cometh, that's Jesus. Behold, his reward is with him. That's the reward we've been talking about. And his recompense before him. This is the recompense that's being dished out to the factions in the world and in the church. I had the whole passage underlined, so I read the whole passage, 10 through 12, which reads, Go through, go through the gates, prepare ye the way of the people. Cast up, cast up the highway. That's the highway of holiness. Gather out the stones. That's the stumbling blocks, right? Uh, Lift up uh, an ensign for the peoples. Behold, the Lord hath proclaimed unto the end of the earth. Say ye to the daughter of Zion, Behold, thy salvation cometh. Behold, his reward is with him, and his recompense before him. And they shall call them the holy people, the redeemed of the Lord. And thou shalt be called, sought out, a city not forsaken. So just as Jesus did in his day, he will do through the first fruits in our day. He will make the path to the city of God called the spirits of just men made perfect. He'll make it plain. And the stones of stumbling will be removed through the teaching of the pure unleavened bread of the word. And then many more will travel the holy road from spiritual Babylon to the daughter of Zion, quote unquote. She's called the daughter because she is the firstborn of original New Testament Zion in Jesus' day. Right. I felt the need to agree with my father to walk through the gate, so in my mind I imagined a gate in front of me that was opened. It was dark on the other side, and I was a little afraid of the darkness, but I determined to walk through the gate anyway. We cannot walk by sight, for we have never been this way before. (laughs) The way is enshrouded in darkness, and death to the carnal man. And Jesus said, I am the way, right? Well, you had to follow him to his cross, right? Mm -hmm. So after two millennia of apostasy, to walk in his steps is to be the first fruits who will show the multitudes the way to enter Zion or to serve Zion because the church will serve Zion. 
right? Zion is the bride, according to what was said to John. So through the faith of praise, we must enter the gates of the fullness of salvation, where we find safety and peace. Isaiah 60 and 18 says, Violence shall no more be heard in thy land, desolation nor destruction within thy borders. But thou shalt call thy walls salvation and thy gates praise. The sun shall be no more thy light by day, neither for brightness shall the moon give light unto thee. But the Lord will be unto thee an everlasting light and thy God, thy glory. Well, notice that when we walk in the city of God, our light is no longer to be the light of the natural man, but the light of God, which uh, only the spiritual man knows. As I stepped through the gate, I went into a free fall. I was not afraid at all, I had given myself completely over to my Father. As I fell, I felt peace, and I felt a fullness that I can't explain. I extended out my arms, and as I did, they turned into wings, and I became an eagle. So, let me say, to enter that city through faith is to overcome the earthly natural forces represented by gravity, right? Which caused man to gravitate towards the world and its ways. I flew to the top portion of a mountain, and there I found a nest of eggs in it. And I was told to sit and nurture the eggs. So I sat. I felt unqualified to do so, but I was completely satisfied in knowing that it was all about him and not me. He was in control. I think the best way to explain how I felt was that it was probably kind of how Moses felt when the Lord told him that he was to speak to and lead the Israelites through the desert. Well, to be an overcomer of all that is earthly by God's grace is to be prepared to birth others into Zion Zion in the time to come. So now I want to talk to you about the throne on Mount Zion. Uh, Jeremiah tells us of a spiritual capital city and throne over spiritual Israel, the church. Jeremiah 3 and 12 says, Go and proclaim these words towards the north and say, Return, thou backsliding Israel, representing the church. In this text, God is commanding His backslidden people to come out of Babylon uh, in the north. For God's people to live in Babylon instead of Zion was a type of backslidden state of bondage to the harlot that the church has been in for almost 2,000 years. Jeremiah cries for God's people to come out from among them. Verse 14 Return, O backsliding children, says the Lord, for I am a husband unto you, and I will take you one of a city and two of a family, and will bring you to Zion. Notice it's a smaller group that comes to Zion, because Zion represents the bride. 
And notice that at the first, only a first fruits bride is taken from among the backslidden multitudes and joined with her husband on his throne in Zion. Now read the book of Esther. <laughs> I read the book of Song of Solomon, right? And when this happens, all of the new Jerusalem is the throne for the bride to sit in. Because verse 17 says, At that time they shall call Jerusalem the throne of the Lord. It's a big throne because there are people sitting down with the Lord in His throne. It's a big throne. And all the nations shall be gathered unto it. Uh, that's not all of all of the nations. It's, a, it's the fruit of all of the nations. Uh, to the name of the Lord, to Jerusalem. Well, notice that after the bride sits in her throne, all of the nations, quote-unquote, uh, <clears throat> Hebrew uh, Gentiles there, nations meaning Gentiles, of the elect church will be gathered out of Babylon to submit to their true capital city, the New Jerusalem. Just like, like uh, Israel submitted to their capital city when they weren't in apostasy, uh, Jerusalem. So the mountain of Zion represents the true kingdom of God, the true church, whereas the new Jerusalem bride sits on top of Mount Zion because she is over the rest of the church in the throne. It was revealed to a guy named Pastor Shelley that the throne of God, the throne room, his true presence is on the top of Mount Zion. This is true. As spiritual Jews, the church is called to grow up out of the falsehood of religion and enter into the Mount Zion of a pure heart, truth, and holiness. Psalm 24 and 3, Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord, and who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto falsehood. And 15 and 1. Lord, who shall sojourn in thy tabernacle? Who shall dwell in thy holy hill? He that walketh uprightly and worketh righteousness and speaketh truth in his heart. Well, notice that the church enters into the hill of Zion. However, uh, the king his bride and his throne are upon the hill of Zion. Did you notice? Okay, and also Psalm uh, 2 and 6. Yet I have set my king upon my hill of Zion. So this spiritual Mount Zion and its city are not physical and cannot be touched by carnal man. Hebrews 12 and 18, For you are not come unto a mount that might be touched. So when the church was full of apostolic teaching, uh, before it had backslidden, right, and the Holy Spirit, uh, they were submitted to uh, the spiritual city of God. Verse 22, but you are come unto Mount Zion, unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. <clears throat> Not the apostate Jerusalem over there in the Middle East, right? The heavenly Jerusalem, and to innumerable hosts of angels, 
because obviously that's where the authority is and that's where the angels receive their authority. To to the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven and to God the judge of all and to the spirits of just men made perfect. Well, notice that Mount Zion and heavenly Jerusalem are called the church of the firstborn. Church is from the Greek word ecclesia, meaning called out ones. If you don't come out from among them, you are not the church, contrary to popular opinion. The uh, firstborn in Paul's day were being called out of Babylonish religion to this holy mountain and city as we are today. Shortly after this verse was written, the church was taken captive to Babylon, having been led astray by the wolves into all sorts of sectarian religious bondages. A first fruits company is coming back to Zion in these days. The church's position on earth is in the spiritual, heavenly New Jerusalem. However, our position is what is given to us at the cross and not necessarily what we have attained to on earth. For instance, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ. But we are told this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that each one of you know to possess himself of his own vessel in sanctification and honor. So, yes, it's been given to us, but will you take it? <clears throat> what we are given at the cross is ours to manifest by faith or to reject. Like the early church, we are born at the foot of Mount Zion, but are quickly led away captive by the lies of Babylonish religion or lusts of the flesh. Psalm 58 and 3 says, The wicked are estranged from the womb. They go astray as soon as they are born, speaking lies. So we have seen them. They cannot endure holiness. Instead of climbing the mountain and entering the throne room of the authority of God, they go astray. Isaiah 53 and 6 says, All we like sheep have gone astray and have turned every one to his own way. But then Paul went on to tell them how to overcome this. The reason that we are hesitant to climb the mountain is because it is holy and represents death to the flesh. Exodus 19 and 12 says, Take heed to yourselves that you go not up into the mount or touch the border of it. Whosoever toucheth the mount shall be surely put to death. <laughs> now, we take that normally as a negative thing, but not so. Moses went up there, okay? Moses, as the man-child, climbed the mountain and heard the word directly from God, which spiritually put him to death. In Exodus 20 and 19, And they said unto Moses, Speak thou with us, and we will hear. But let not God speak with us, lest we die. Yes, the word of the Lord will put to death your flesh. God was weak to the weak in that he put his word in flesh. 
Moses, as the man-child, climbed the mountain and became a pure vessel to bring the Word of God to his people. His face shone with the glory of God. Why was that? He died going up the mountain. (laughs) So if we uh, humbly turn and submit to the pure word from the mountain, we will have his throne authority. Revelation 3 and 21 says, He that overcometh will I give to him to sit down with me in my throne. That's a a good-sized throne, okay, as we saw. And Jerusalem is that throne. The bride is that throne, right? She is in the throne. Notice, once again, that Paul said in Hebrews twelve twenty-two and 23, You are come unto the heavenly Jerusalem, the spirits of just men made perfect. Clearly, while we are in the old body on earth, our, own, our spiritual man is being perfected into the heavenly Jerusalem. We manifest the new Jerusalem here as our spirit and soul are born of the Spirit. John said that the city, quote, cometh down out of heaven, unquote. In his day, as the saints overcame sin, this was happening. And Revelation 3 and 12, He that overcometh will I Make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out thence no more. And I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God. All right. The new Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God and mine own new name. Yes, it's being born from above. You know, some people say, oh, that happens in the millennium. You know, well, forget about it. You don't know what you're talking about. It's being born from above as we speak. It was being born from above back then when they had apostolic leadership. And the Holy Spirit was poured out on all of them. Now 90-something percent of the church won't receive the Holy Spirit. The word cometh here is spoken to the church in John's day. It is present tense in the ancient manuscripts, in the received text, and the numeric pattern. Only the King James falsely translates it, shall come. The New Jerusalem bride cometh down out of heaven. Now, in the spirit and soul, as it becomes born of the bread of the word, Jesus said in John 6 and 33, For the bread of God is that which cometh down out of heaven, oh, and giveth life unto the world. So notice that both the new Jerusalem and the bread of God cometh down out of heaven, and that city is coming down out of heaven. I am the living bread which cometh down out of heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. As each saint is being born out of heaven by consuming Jesus, the Word, the holy city is coming down. 
In John 3 and 3, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except one be born anew. Greek is from above. Look at your footnote. Except one be born from above, he cannot see the kingdom of God. If you are born from above, and you're of the first fruits who are born from above, you can look down off that mountain and see the whole kingdom of God. As long as New Jerusalem is only manifested in spirit and soul, it is invisible to the creation, which only sees the outer man. Romans 8 and 19 says, The creation waiteth for the revealing of the sons of God. Revealing here is the Greek uh, meaning the uncovering. This means the New Jerusalem sons are here, but hidden. The full revealing of the sons is seen at the redemption of our body, quote-unquote, in 23. We are now being born from above, first spirit, then soul, and then body at the end. The bride with her new body will be seen by the creation as they are coming down out of heaven with Jesus at the end. Revelation 21 and 9 Come hither, and I will show thee the bride, the wife of the Lamb. And he carried me away in the Spirit to a mountain great and high, there it is, and showed me the holy city Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God. Yes, it's written in a parable, so they don't understand it. He's hidden these things from the wise and prudent and revealed it unto babes. The bride will manifestly be the holy city, Jerusalem, which the whole church was given by position in Christ when he was resurrected. Sadly, many are selling their birthright by walking after the flesh. All right. God bless you, saints. Um, Father, we thank you so much for this word. We ask you to help people study it and think about it and um, and see the great opportunity that you are offering in these days. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, God bless you, saints. Can quench my thirsting soul Purest water made me whole Let your streams of mercy flow Oh, Jesus, I trust in you Though the mountains fall into the sea, though the rivers rise, I still believe. For oh, your mercy stands and your word is true, oh Jesus, I trust in you. And when I face that darkest night, what will be my guiding light? The shining rays of red and white. Jesus, I trust in you. Oh, sacred heart, in you I find mercy seated for all time. I am yours and you are mine. Oh, Jesus, I trust in you. Though the mountains fall into the 
Jesus. 